Finances can be complicated, but they don't have to be. I break down financial topics that may seem complex and overwhelming so you can start taking action on your financial goals. I'm Ari Talbley, and it all starts here on Personal Finance Redefined. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Personal Finance Redefined. If you're enjoying the show, please go ahead and hit that five stars button, unless you're on Spotify, in which case I believe that is impossible. But if you're on Apple Podcasts, that would be great. That's how more people can find the show. So today, another listener question. Um, The question is, I have $100,000. I appreciate your guidance and appreciated one of your early episodes, episode seven, um, how I invest my own money. And I have a question for you. I don't know what to do with my $100,000 and I don't want to mess it up. Well, neither. I don't want you to mess it up either. Um, I have no student loan debt, a house that's not paid off yet, and a 401k plan at work. What am I missing? What should I do? Great question. Um, If you have a question out there, please submit your question. I love them. Um, Personalfinanceredefined.co. Okay. Well, thank you for your question. And yes, that was episode seven. And here's how I would look at this. Regardless, if you've got $100,000 or a million dollars, we're dealing with a lump sum of money here. Could be an inheritance, could be a bonus, could be variable income, could be you won a lottery ticket, a successful investment, a side income, that kind of thing. So the first thing is to think about if there's anything you haven't done that is giving you anxiety. And the way I view that and the reason I bring that up is because First of all, your finances should be a reflection of your anxiety in a way, meaning if I always say, and it's a famous saying, but I like to use it for clients, is that it doesn't matter how much money you have if you're still worrying you're not wealthy. And so first of all, what can you do of this $100,000 to just get rid of anxiety? Is your financial life in any way impacting your ability to sleep? If so, what do we have to do to solve that? So Let's look at that from my framework from the beginning of, do you have an emergency fund? If so, how much do you want in there? Is it enough? Do you feel comfortable? Normally, that's three to six months of living expenses. So if you live on $4,000 a month, that's around 12000 to 24000 in terms of emergency fund dollars, which means you can have anywhere between three to six months of living expenses. So Let's say you wanted three months, that's 12000 and you wanted $24,000, that would be six months of living expenses. So completely up to you there. Um, others have none. I've seen that. People just say, hey, I want all my money working in the market. If something happens, I'll sell my investments, pay taxes for doing so. But remember, you're paying taxes because you made money. That's often something people forget about. Um, but let's say there's not. You've got an emergency fund and none of that's your applicable situation. That's great. Um, if there's not an immediate and nothing pressing, it sounds like that's the case. Think about it like this. When you have an asset allocation in place for your goals, you know that you have a set percentage in stocks, a set percentage in bonds, a set percentage in real estate. You simply invest your money in proportion to the weight of those. Meaning if you want 90% stocks, 5% bonds, real estate and you come into $100,000, it doesn't matter if it's $100,000 or a million. The allocation, if correctly designed up front, if it's built properly for your goals, means that you know where that money's going. You know $90,000 is going to stocks. You know $5,000 to bonds and another five to real estate. The reason we have an investment plan is one, to accomplish our goals, is two, so we don't have to think when it's time to invest. 
what happens so often, I cannot express how many times I've seen this, is people go, the market's too high, or it's going to drop soon. And I've seen time and time again that people wait on the sidelines, and they keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting, and they never invest. And the whole reason we invest is because it will grow over the long term, not the short term. We might put funds in, and it might just decrease. And the unfortunate nature of that is that we don't know when that will be. If anyone does, I'd be very skeptical of that person, um, anyone who claims that they can tell you that. But what we can do is work with the market with an understanding of that if we are invested appropriately for that, that we can achieve those goals. So there's a few things to think about with this. As long as you aren't close to retirement and you have a deep desire to not have a mortgage, I would change that. Um, sorry, I wouldn't change that by paying it down with a large chunk. Um, if you're doing so, what you're doing is essentially locking in your mortgage interest rate. And so here's an example of that. Let's assume your mortgage is at, a, you're paying 3%. Well, that's great. But let's say you took $100,000 and you just plopped it down and said, well, my mortgage is currently 500000 I want to just pay a huge chunk of it down. Well, now your mortgage is 400000 instead of 500000 but now that 100000 can't grow for you. So what you're effectively doing is you're locking in that 3% rate when in reality you might be able to do most likely two if not three times as good as that and that's over a long period of time. So the compounding on that makes it much more financially savvy and financially in your best interest to not pay down the mortgage with a big chunk, just keep paying the minimum and then from there investing the funds. So. The next point is life's too short to save everything. Decide what's most important to you. Don't uh, Does a set portion go to retirement? Maybe 15%. Does a set portion go to your home purchase fund? What about vacation? What about giving? And this is why it's so important to understand what's most important to you and then find out what makes the most sense. It's not a right or wrong. It's what resonates. Uh, running projections can be very helpful because if you knew, for example, I have to make assumptions um, when trying to think about how this uh, listener is asking the question, but let's run projections because it's so helpful if you knew the home was $500,000 that you wanted and you put $100,000 down, well, great, you have a 20% down payment, but can you make that mortgage payment if it's at $3,000? Maybe not. Maybe you just got into a home, but at the same time, you now can't make the mortgage. So let's just Hypothetically, say you invest $100,000 instead, within three to four years, it's worth 140 to 180. And now, well, if you didn't, let's say, even have any income, you could now put $100,000 towards a home purchase. And now you've got anywhere from forty dollars to $80,000 to assist with those mortgage payments for the first one to two years, allowing other investments to grow, allowing you to find a job. There's always options. So, I always reiterate, financial planning isn't a right or a wrong. It's about using the tools given to you to do more of what it is you want to be doing. What's important to you? That's why we do anything, whether it comes to investing and managing tax strategy. It's, for most people, not just the fun thing they like to do on the weekend. Normally, there's other things. And so what can we take care of in our financial life to allow ourselves to do more of that? So I know it's a, a fairly broad way of thinking around this $100,000, but I hope that gives a framework and please keep submitting the questions. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Personal Finance Redefined podcast. If you're enjoying the show, 
please subscribe and let me know if there's anything in particular you would like me to discuss by submitting a question at personalfinanceredefined.co. That's personalfinanceredefined.co. Thanks again for listening, and I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, quick disclaimer here. Please be smart about this, and before taking any action, consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It's for informational purposes only.